welcome to another uh, episode of Consider This. We are uh, uh, going to be doing a two-part series right now. I've got some uh, some of our heavy hitters in the uh, studio with me today. So uh, if you're watching, you can see who they are. But for those of you that are actually just listening, um, we've got Paul Weiss, who heads up our adult discipleship area. And then we've got... Um, I don't even what think is my ar- I don't even think arguably. I'm just going to say two of the best college pastor disciplers in the room in the country. Oh. No, in in the country. And I will include part of Western Canada. How many so, do you know? <clears throat> Four. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. And the other two are awful. <laughs> they are so bad. <laughs> I know. Okay. Sorry, three. And the other one's Rachel, and she's my favorite. <laughs> she's actually better than us. So actually, we got the, the two worst college ministers you know are in this room. <laughs> no, we have Scott Irwin and uh, Drew Moss with us today. And so this is part one, and it's going to have actually a different crew when we do part two. We're talking, um, spending a couple of weeks describing... Uh, a way that a church looks at itself, a way that a church looks at its mission, and a way that a church considers itself to be faithful, in fact, to its mission. And so we talk a lot about being a discipleship-oriented church. It's a it's a little bit of a buzzword today in a lot of churches. Paul, you mentioned that mm-hmm. you know when you have an opportunity to be traveling and speaking, people will say, yeah, we're a discipleship church. Scott, you said mm-hmm. in the past you've been at churches that talk about being a um, Matthew 28 church and mm-hmm. They really seem to emphasize the Great Commission, and then when you kind of sit down and, and listen to that, you go, wow, I think we may be talking about, not opposites, but two different aspects within the Great Commission. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And before we, say, offer um, our understanding or our critique of another way of doing ministry, um, maybe we should take a look at ourselves mm-hmm. and say, okay, so let's take a look at who we are, what we're committed to, what we what we desire so much to be. And then be honest and say, okay, we, we, we can, I could talk about the upside of who we are and what we're doing all day long. Mm-hmm. Expository preaching, um, uh, making sure that we focus on parents discipling their kids. I mean, nobody would argue that. Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask, not what's wrong with discipleship, but as we emphasize that, let's not just assume we're doing it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so then let's ask some honest questions about what do we see that's either lacking in our understanding of discipleship, that great statement we've been joking around kind of before the camera went on, I do not think you know what that word means, or mm-hmm. however that Antigua Montoya. Do not think or, it means what you think I, it yeah, means. I do not think it means what you think it means. And that's that's the part, that we're constantly growing in, in what this is about. So we're just going to be dealing with three specific questions. Um, does anybody want to take, you, you guys had these beforehand, does anybody want to take a jump at the, at the first one to kind of give an overall idea? Anybody kind of feel it, or can I just throw it at you, whoever? Okay, Paul, I'll throw it to you. Okay. Um, so what are some of the inherent dangers and pitfalls of being a discipleship-oriented church? Well, it just seems like that would be what 99% would say they are. And so I think maybe one of the first pitfalls is is what you were even alluding to at the beginning, the idea of the watered-down word discipleship and how we express that, because it means so much. It means everything from, like you described, probably even in our our brotherhood, if that's a word we would use, the idea of Acts 238, the idea of what we see in that, that we are discipling somebody by taking an unknown person and then getting them wet, and then we've discipled them. And so it is so much more than that, and it's bigger than that, and, and it's that's a beginning of a process over the rest of your life. And so I think one of the, one of the primary pitfalls would be that, would be the idea that when we use that word, do people understand what we're saying? Does the person walking in our doors understand that, hey, we're, we're very intentional about these things, and we'll use some terminology. Uh, and so in that thing, I think that's one of the big pitfalls that's there. 
Um, and uh, in the process of that, we're, we're calling them to do something. We're calling a responsibility that we have as leaders to them. And the idea that we're a discipleship church is that it, it's some of the pitfalls is de- defining it as well as measuring it. Like, how do we measure that? What does that look like? And when the more that we look at this idea of discipleship, and actually as we grow older and we become people who have been followers for not just days and years, but now decades and sometimes half centuries, right? I mean, in that process, it becomes a fuller understanding that this is something that I will never uh, attain. This is not something that I'm, I'm doing something and then I, I get my master's in it and then therefore I can teach others at this point. And so the process of, of the idea of discipleship in that matter is it's a huge undertaking and there are a lot of definitions at the table and mm-hmm. people are confused. And so yeah. when they hear discipleship, they just put it up there with Christian. I'm a yeah. follower yeah. and that's what I'm at. Well, and they, you know, they might even ask, like, what other kind of church is there? Like right. when you talk about discipleship, you're talking about teaching the Bible and mm-hmm. doing that. Like what other kind of church is there? And so we're, we're maybe meaning something not to try to separate us from others, but to underline our purpose. Yeah. So, so, some, so some of the like, dangers would be assuming you are a discipleship church just because you're a church. It's yeah, just, maybe. it means we're not doing a lot of outreach, and so we call ourselves a discipleship <laughs> church. Yeah. Not a, a, lot, of not times, a yeah. lot of new people are coming to Christ, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we we're, must be a discipleship we're a church. Right, right. And actually, I've heard, I've heard the critique from the other side, right? So maybe a more outreach-oriented or whatever, seeker-sensitive, whatever, critique somebody. So yeah, that's, you're just an ex, you don't want to do the hard work of being creative and being intentional and actually you know, trying to make an impact in the community. It's just easier for you to just let whoever comes, comes, and then say, no, I'm I'm all about discipleship. So that, yeah. so I think that's a critique that I think mm. could happen. Is that a good critique? In some cases, I think it is. I think yeah. people don't, they don't take full ownership of like, okay, hell's a real place. <laughs> and um, people don't really either, maybe they don't have opportunities to know Jesus, or maybe they do, and they just need someone to, to guide them. But, but to, to, to be a faithful presence in the community takes intentionality and all that. And so if we aren't willing to go out, if just, just say, no, you know, people don't really want it anyway. If they want it, they'll come, you know, is to, is to not really take serious the, and to love the people that God's put in your community. Yeah. Here's where that critique is fair is to go like, how much time and effort are you putting into thinking about reaching the lost? And if you're not, you're just calling it a discipleship, you know, mm-hmm. where it might not be fully fair is to say, you're not being, when, when someone says, you're not being intentional and creative about what you're doing to reach right. out, we would say, actually, we're being very intentional and creative about building a church and a service that, that isn't actually there for um, lost people as, as much. Like, we, we, we believe, it's kind of our philosophy about our, our, when, when we do our church service, and this is, let me just kind of back up. I think it is important for us to define what we mean by discipleship mm-hmm. church. And what I think it, we mean at Sunnybrook is that we are a teaching and pastoral heavy church. Mm-hmm. Um, that we yeah. are we are strong on teaching doctrine. We are strong on teaching theology and teaching the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we are big on pastoral meeting with and helping people kind of connect and one-on-one moving people forward mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. Um, and so, and that's even when we do, when we plan a church service, we don't plan it for um, average Joe off the street who's not a believer. We, we, it's kind of part of our philosophy that we believe the church ought to be for the building up of the believers um, is kind of our thing. But here's, here's where I would say one of the, one of the pitfalls, and, and we've discovered, I think, first at, in our college ministry, and now I can look and see 
um, mm. a little bit at bigger picture. Where it's is, come from. Yeah, the phrase we use is we have very few uh, on ramps into our ministry. Yep. And we have and Sunnybrook does not have a lot of easy on ramps for someone who is just coming from the outside right. to come and listen to expository preaching or mm. or our the- Monday night theology classes or there's some <laughs> people who could get really excited but for a person who's brand new yep. it, we we looked at our college ministry and just realized with the stuff we have man it is we we a lot of our stuff is kind of like high commitment from the beginning and if you're a low commitment we got nothing for you you know what i mean and it's hard for someone to take baby steps in I think to our church and to our yeah. ministry sometimes yeah, because huge, of that. It's a huge step to get on to get on the same page. Um, it's just easier for somebody who's been attending another church who's already been um, relatively discipled, so they have a good understanding of Scripture, a good understanding of their identity. They got a good understanding of just what it means to be a Christian, and then they come here and they're like, "Wow, this really helps me." Yeah. And then the opposite of that would be someone. I, I was I was doing a Bible study just yesterday, and I talked to somebody. I had lunch with somebody, and they made this comment. There was just a lot coming at me fast. Yeah, and I just thought, oh, like I didn't hear that. Like, awesome. Yeah, I actually heard that. Like, I I think I hear that a lot about my teaching, and I when I when I hear that, I just think, man, I how do I find on ramps, or how do I yeah. how do I care for those that aren't on the same page. So, you know, I I think that's a great, great, great reminder. And I know that you guys specifically, right, have done something to ask or or to answer the question. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about that real quickly, Drew, about specifically in our college ministry, just addressing that? Yeah. I mean, we had a, it was actually a conversation with um, our student who eventually became an intern, Alec, was he and I were, I remember us driving to New Mexico uh, on our mission trip and him saying, we've got so little for anyone who wants to come. It's our Thursday night is an hour, hour and 15 minute lecture verse by verse through by, for, through the Bible. And then we've got table groups that we lock down quick. And what we mean by that is we don't let people get added in after the first three or four weeks because we want to protect the community and, and all that that's going on in there. And, and there just was very little that a new person could come to. And so we started, and again, it was based on these talk, conversations, um, what we call open group, which is just a a low commitment group that a person can slide into, and they're not signing on any dotted line when they come in there, and and something easy to jump into. And if and and if they can't come the next week, that's okay. And and we're not doing maybe as much in depth teaching during those times. It's kind of an easier, smaller thing to slide into, just just as an access point for for students to get plugged into our ministry. So. Yeah. So Paul, I mean, you yeah. know, they've described. They've, so our second question was, so okay, so the pitfalls and the dangers mm-hmm. become what you're talking about. How do we define the term? What does it actually look like? Um, how do we assume that we're just doing it? So we we need some specific critiques of that. Um, because <clears throat> it's such a biblical idea. Right. It's almost like you can't argue with it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so let me ask you this. Anything in our ministries that you go, yeah, no, here is a specific, uh, like, hole, or uh, this is just, there's there's a deficiency mm-hmm. that, that we recognize that you want to just share right. with the audience? Well, I think there's a couple things. One is we what we're finding out, as much as we have this, hero mentality in ministry that we want everybody to know Jesus and we're passionate about that. The reality is a lot of people don't want to sign on the dotted line. They want to come to church. They want to have a place to belong. They don't want to do the hard work of what it means to say, I'm going to open up my life. I'm going to let somebody 
look inside and, and point out some things, and then I, in turn, am going to love them by doing the same thing. People don't want to, uh, at, at the first level, feel like, yeah, I don't know if that's really what I want. And so when you call to a high expectation, I think there's a fear that we're going to call too high and then people won't be a part of that. And I think we're finding some differences in that, but we also understand that people are at different places. We're going to continue to carry out the call in that. But some of the pitfall is someone may come, may walk in and go, yeah, this is okay. This is too high of an expectation. So are you me. describing then that what, one of the pitfalls that you're, you're, you're seeing is because we love to stress the high commitment culture, because we love to stress that, that we're, we're maybe even losing people earlier in the process than we really wish. Like mm-hmm. um, on the upside, man, right. these people are really, really committed. Right. On the downside, there are some people that would get there yeah. and we're yep. almost intimidating them right. from the outset. Right. Does that right. make sense? Is that, is yeah, that, and they that, feel, like, right? yeah, feel like, okay, I haven't learned even your language sure. and you're asking me to do like trigonometry. And so yeah. they just see this gap and go, there is no way I can yeah. find that. And, and I think this is the part where I think sometimes we kind of go, here's our options. We've got all these master level classes, but well, I'm a freshman, yep. you know, and so what do I take? Yep. And so I think sometimes that becomes a weakness yep. of our heavy discipleship, because we're, we're pumped and we're, we're pulling people along and we're, we're seeing some people that are on fire and they want to take roles. And that's kind of one of the agendas that we're had. We're, we're wanting to um, make disciples who make disciples. That's kind of one of the statements that we chased eight, nine years ago now that we're saying we feel like we've had a staff that loves to make disciples, but are our people learning how to become a disciple by making that? And so... How do we fill those gaps? How do we provide at different levels where people are uh, to engage and to step into this process we call the discipleship process? So if we're in a four-year, I'm trying to think of an I love analogies. So if we're trying to think of an analogy, basically um, our incoming freshman classes are getting smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. and our junior, and our junior, junior and senior college classes are getting larger is, and larger. Yeah, which is literally, literally what was happening in our college yeah. ministry. <laughs> exactly. Like, literally, we had we <laughs> no and we had juniors and seniors. Um, we had a little bit of sophomores, and we had like one night we split everybody up. All right, we want all the seniors over in this corner, and all the juniors over there, all the sophomores, all the freshmen. And there were like three freshmen over in a corner. We were like, and they're all siblings of someone. Yeah, 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 they're there because their senior sister is there. And we're like, okay, we need to do something to fix it. So yeah, we are literally having that problem, and it does. It becomes a great Mm -hmm. analogy for for what what was actually yeah. happening in yeah. our ministry and in this church as a whole, you know. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great reminder. And and so the the I guess the complexity is and we're not going to answer the question is how do we not dial it back? See, I think that's that's right. where we get into trouble. It's like, okay, so what are we doing wrong? And the answer isn't, well, what we're doing wrong is we're calling people to more and we're 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 trying to train them up more. That's not the problem. The problem is there's something else that we're not seeing. I mm-hmm. I I wonder if this would be a, a specific to Sunnybrook because it is such a high teaching church, like Drew said, and I think um, there's such a strong teaching role here that that we get excited about teaching the things that we are excited about teaching. <laughs> right. Instead right. of uh, instead of having a a a, a really a somewhat balanced or whatever you want to say, healthy understanding of our people and what they need. Yeah. Instead of because because yeah. we can sit around in staff meetings and just go 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 and we. We can get more and more and be excited, and all of a sudden, I think we can leave our people in the mm-hmm. dust and then be excited about what we're wanting to be excited about. Okay, but that happens in our staff meeting. Sure. Like, just watch yeah, they, our conversation yeah, in our yeah, staff yeah. meeting, yeah. and you can watch people not check out, but 
in a loving way, get left behind. Yes. Right? So we yes. get into a conversation. We're in First yeah. Corinthians 9, and then some of us just get going. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to just say it's all Ryan Vincent's fault, but I don't mind. Well, he's not here. He's not so here. Uh, yep. I think it's Ryan Vincent's mm-hmm. fault. <laughs> yeah. are well, we, are, yeah. we, are we good on that? So, like, I mean, it's, it's, I yep. see this yep. in life. When we get our college students together to want to play volleyball, there's always, like, the, the, handful of people that really want to play and they don't want to just play around yeah they want to play and so we what we end up doing goes okay all of you let's go over here and all of you that just want to just joke around you guys over there so we can actually play right and 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 there's That's a, a great there's analogy. a danger of that because yeah. then all of a sudden we're now it's just letting them they're not playing volleyball they're playing something other than volleyball <laughs> right Whatever. they have a volleyball and they have a volleyball <laughs> and they have net, a net but they're not playing volleyball right and 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 then and the, the problem becomes is that these guys that really really love it that's not what we're about we're yes. actually about the process we right. really are like yes. we're about the ongoing process it's not the end goal is the is the process. No, it's the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. It's the yes. ongoing discipleship mm-hmm. piece. So we cannot pat ourselves on the back just because we have seniors mm-hmm. who are who are there. We have to stop and say, but no, no, no. The Holy Spirit cares deeply for those that are, you know, for the first time converting to mm-hmm. the college, mm-hmm. and then as they continue to grow, um, man, I, I like Scott. You love to critique this, and not that you know. You you love to to uh, what words can I use here? Because I really don't mean the word complain. You love <laughs> no, but I really don't think you're a complainer. Right. But you remind us all the time. You love to teach. You you love to teach what you love to teach. You know you'll say mm-hmm. that to us quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I've appreciated it because it has taught me that there's so much more to the discipleship process, so much more to making fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ than just a classroom setting. So you've reminded me of that because nobody disagrees with you. That is our default. We need to be aware of that. And so that creates that creates disciples that are really good on the student aspect, and that's one part of a disciple. Right. right. They're really good students. Right. There's so many other areas that we're that we're deficient in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else, Drew, that you want to add? And yeah, I think specifically one of Sunny Brooks pitfalls or one of the areas we struggle in is that to go back to this idea that like we're all I think almost all churches agree to discipleship. What we're really talking about is your flavor of it. And yeah. our flavor is teaching pastoral. Yeah. Um, and that is largely because we have assembled a staff around those gifts. And we've got a staff that is strong teaching pastoral. And by pastoral, you mean kind of that relational. Relational right. meeting, yeah. yep. counseling, shepherding is the yeah. word that's, yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Walking stuff through. And, and for that reason, you know, I think... Uh, Ephesians four twelve says, you know, talks about the building up of the body, oh, mm-hmm. and in it, Paul says that God or that Jesus uh, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for right. building up the body of Christ. And he's, you know, he gives these five things. There are some people who've who've gone and stressed, and they've created a ministry philosophy out of that, the fivefold gifting. Right. And they go, so, uh, you know, every church needs to be founded on these five leadership roles. And and I don't know that I can just run there. I think Paul is talking about the capital C church has been established and built by these five things. Yep. And then, but. Um, but I, as I've thought about it, even though I can't fully get there to say every church needs to have these five, it has made me look at our church and go, but I think our church is what happens when you just take two kind of to the exclusion of the others. Yeah. Okay. And you right. tend to, you tend to gather people around the staff 
who have like right. lay people in the church who really have a heart for teaching, shepherding stuff and love to learn. And you don't have very many people who, who are drawn to us that have that, let's go out and reach the world. Let's, let's, let's go out and do this. Or we don't have as much of that. I'm so, I'm always, uh, one of the people I am most grateful for on our staff is Kyle Butler because he, while he has our heart for discipleship and for good teaching stuff, he has a gifting and a passion that is just a little bit different than a lot of the rest oh, of man. us. Yeah. He's got a strong heart for the lost, and, and I love that, you know. And I, I was talking to a, a guy just the other day, a friend who's talking about how he and his wife are really wanting to get involved in reaching out to the community, but they kind of want to do it through Sunnybrook, and they, you know, and, and they're having a hard time finding where they fit and connect here. Mm. I told him, dude, when you said that to me, just so you know, two thoughts just went through my head. First of all is I'm so grateful because we need we don't have enough of people like you. Sure, we need sure, you. So I'm so sure. grateful. And the second thought is, oh, crap, you're going to leave us in three years um, <laughs> because I'm afraid you're going to get frustrated and feel like you cannot find your place here at Sunnybrook, that we yeah. don't have enough in the leadership that is carrying that banner and that flag. Yeah. Um, for people like you. And our, our heart and goal is to equip people like you, as it says, to do that stuff. But sometimes it is hard to do that when when only when when pastoring and teaching is really what our banner is carrying in front of us. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's interesting because I think I, th- I think what I feel is one of our one of our failures um, is it's like, OK, so we've got freshmen. So use the freshman to senior analogy and then kind of rethink about it. They come in, the people come in as freshmen and they, they're with us for four years and then we graduate them and we go, you know what you need to do? You need to go to grad school. Mm-hmm. And then we go, okay, fine. I mean, so, because I, I was going to go, just go into the workforce. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I think you need more training. And so then we, we, they, we bring them back in and we spend two more years and they get mm-hmm. a master's degree. And then, you know, here's another diploma. And they go, okay, I'm ready to go out into the, whoa, 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 wait a second. I think you need a PhD. Yeah. And so yeah. Mm-hmm. they get a PhD and then they go, okay, now I'm ready to go out into the workforce. And we're like, have you thought about another PhD? Yes. <laughs> wait, yes. no, right? it's and time so, for a sabbatical now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it's about, I mean, but I really think that becomes the problem. Yes. Is that that is our that is our we we so believe in equipping that I think it's fair to say, but are we ever like sending? And yeah. the answer is yes. Sure. But truly, is there a disproportionate amount yes. of training versus sending? Mm. And so we can just go, yeah, but we're supposed to equip. Okay. Yeah. But for something, for right? what? Yeah. Like we are going to equip <laughs> so that people are actually actively engaged, mm-hmm. discipling mm-hmm. others. And so one of my concerns, because nobody's going to argue with disciples who make disciples. Yeah. Right. And I think right now we, we, we can get stuck in the, we're making disciples who one day theoretically <laughs> possibly might actually make disciples. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so b- big picture, we actually believe in when we talk about evangelism versus discipleship, if there's an inside and outside, mm-hmm. so an outreach model church would be high with evangelism and high with that. An inside model church would be high with discipleship. Mm-hmm. And we fundamentally believe that evangelism happens by disciples who right. are trained. Right. So we want to equip disciples who will be evangelists, who will bring people to faith and then help them grow. That's what we believe. Mm-hmm. I think one of the major absences that we see is in fact that happening. I think a lot of our are and I think it's a discipleship problem, interestingly enough. Yeah. I think yep. the aspect of our discipleship, which fits in our missional living aspect, mm. is still not where it needs to be. 
And I don't think it's because our worship services are wrong, and I don't think it's right. because our staff doesn't care about it. I would say we don't care about it enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've shared this, I think, with you guys. Um, that's the part that just breaks my heart, and it breaks my heart in me, too, is I'm really, 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 um, man, this is a harder than I mean it to be on even myself. I am theoretically excited about evangelism. Right. Yeah. And then I'm practically, if you were to just look at my life, that's a more of a theoretical. And then I, I appease myself by going, no, but I would meet with anyone anytime. Sure. And when do you? And then I go, well, I do sometimes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I just think there's a more piece. And I, mm-hmm. I think that we as a staff need to kind of own that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I as a leader have to own it the most, you know? Right. So I, I think that's a whole. Yeah. Yep. So... Um, as we head to the finish line, question, Paul, we'll come back with you. Okay. So what are some things that we're doing about this? Like what mm. what are we what are we doing? We've addressed the problem, we've addressed some of our shortfalls. Mm-hmm. What are we doing about this to, well, to correct it? I think that philosophically we're continuing to work to this process. I think one of the things that we've talked about for a long time and I think we're getting a better feel on it is like how do we determine uh, how do we how do we measure that discipleship's happening? How do we measure that it, it looks full, right? It, it's not just a deep one-sided part of discipleship, like high teaching, high learning, but actually missional living and fleshing this out. How does that look like? How do we measure that in our people? Uh, how, do, how are we doing that in our teaching where we push them towards that? We call sure. them to, sure. to doing that. And so I think, you know, that's something we're, we're looking at and we're saying we got to do a better job of, of being able to measure our people. I think of on our staff retreats when we, we talk about the wins and we talk about people and we pray for and we're thanking God for people and what are we identifying in them. And I think in the, in the context of us all talking about that, I think there is some things that help us define better. Like because sometimes we, we realize that there might be not off the same page but a different place where people are and how they determine that they're doing really well. Well, what's well look like? Uh, what's healthy look like? What does a growing look like? Uh, and, and like we've talked about. And so this, I, I don't know if that's an answer of something we're doing. It's just something that we're moving that direction just, just in the work of, of talking about it and, and knowing our people and then knowing the context where they do discipleship, not just in the home, but when we talk about evangelism, we're thinking of, of the place uh, outside the home. Um, I think one of the things that we're doing is, is helping uh, by teaching a new language. And again, it's not a new language, but it's a language that is uh, – intentional by us to explain explain what you mean by that okay i mean so there is several words but words that you've heard if you're a christian you've heard all your life like repent and believe but 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 teaching and processing here's what we mean when we say repent and believe this is a process which we ask our people to do when they look at um at the end of the day or in the middle of a crisis in their situation or just life as it happens to them that this is a way that we can measure by how we uh, hear what God is saying to us, whether it's through Scripture, through the situations, through our own sin, through the confrontation of, of a brother in Christ, through a scenario that may happen, your wife says something to you or your child or, or vice versa, and in that you hear, what is God saying through Jim or through my wife, Julie, or through my daughter, Morgan? And am I hearing that? Am I processing that, processing that up against the Word of God? And then and how am I going to act in that, the idea of believing in that? How am I going to do something about that? And that process that R&B, we believe, is where when someone does do that, they hear what God is saying and then process and walk through in that. That process, that growing piece, is the discipleship piece. Uh, it's not always manifested with, hallelujah, now we got a testimony and hold up a cardboard piece. 
It is sometimes this ongoing process that is building into something that is doing a maturing work in you. Um, we trust in the Holy Spirit in that. We trust that the Holy Spirit is doing the convicting of that. And so we, we ask our people to do that. And so this is part of the language yeah. uh, that we use. Probably some of the key words we do. I mean, we, we do some things with some shapes and some things like that. We, we talk about the person of peace probably more in, in-house. It's a word that, that we kind of took from someone else, but it makes a lot of sense when we see people who are like, wow, they're showing up for this. They are asking. They're, they're excited. And we, we want to take those people who are eager and we want to help them in this process to go along, to be missionally a follower of him yep. and be discipled in that way. Okay. Scott, anything you want to add, things that we're doing, things that maybe even you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, going back to the college ministry, you know, we, we are starting to, through this open group, we've seen, we've seen it be effective in this past year, especially probably more than any other um, since we started it. But just offering things that are low low entry, low commitment, and as entry level as they can be. We're trying to, at the table, um, offer materials. Uh, you know, when we when we dive into the Word deeply, we, we, we want to try to offer, hey, if you've never really read the Bible, here's 100 chapters of the Bible that would summarize, you know, some yeah. key chapters of the Bible, just to hand mm-hmm. out resources that will that will help them feel like, okay, well, they do have something for me. It's not, I'm not just coming in and trying to drink from a fire hose. Um that's, I think, in, in other things that we desire to do and, and have started to do at the college ministry. But, but even at the church, I think, I think the, the encounter and post-encounter and school discipleship yeah. Yeah. Is, you know, is a process that has started over the last few years and where you know, anyone can go on this retreat, this weekend thing, and you know, the only thing required is a desire to want to grow and, is, and a recognition that God is the only one that can truly help you with that. And so... You know, to recognize your need and to say, okay, I think I need God's help. That's all you need to go on this retreat. And really, and I think we, I know we've had people that have been there that aren't believers, yeah. that have become believers. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think it also is for the mature believer that's maybe stagnant or maybe struggling or maybe whatever. Um, and so I think it can reach people and then can take them where they are and help give them a process to walk through. And I think the other side of that too is <clears throat> in, that I've seen too, that I think Scott would agree with is the idea that we're having people who are eager about their faith, who have been to SOD, who are inviting someone that's not necessarily yes. attending church anywhere. You know, it's a friend from work. It's, it is, yeah. it's, so it's creating a dynamic to be an outreach. It's like tool, I, yeah, what I have, I want, it becomes an on-ramp for that. And, yeah. I, and it's been fun to see that even mature in yeah. that. Which by the way, then fits with our model and addresses our shortcoming. Yeah, right, so exactly. our model is we believe in equipping people to do this. Right. Um, man, we wish it would happen more often. Mm-hmm. We need more of these on ramps, and then this becomes one of those things. And you know, w- yeah. there's a lot more that we could be the doing. Other, the other two things, the Halloween thing that we yep. have, I think, is a huge. I mean, it's a it's a it is an outreach. It's our probably our biggest outreach event. Um, that that is where we throw open the doors and we try to give we right. give away as much as we can, and we um, and then I think the hunting ministry would be something that Kyle leads that is truly. Um, guys getting around to, that love to do something and then inviting others into right. the process with a, we're not going to talk to you about Jesus the whole time, but we are going to talk about Jesus at some point, you know. I think I, uh, one thing I would, I, I'm jumping in again here, but one thing that I've seen over the years that has always been an outreach that is an on-ramp that maybe by default that we've turned in to see it is our preschool. Right. You know, our Mother's yeah. Day out in yeah. our preschool yeah. area yeah. for years, now decades, it's, it's, it's because it's done with efficiency and there's no... Uh, I was just was at the graduation 
They are no qualms about what, what we believe and how we teach your kids about Jesus. And I've just seen numbers of young families where that is an on-ramp, where it's safe for them to come, and, and you take care of their children, and they begin to meet other families. And, and it's been a, a neat, neat, process neat process to see, to see that. that on-ramp. Drew? I think a couple things. One, you know, again, in our college ministry, Scott and I are starting to talk about, we just got back from Spain where we visited campus ministries there in a, in a country that has like no Christians. And so they really have to think a lot about how to draw in non-Christians, you know, and, and we saw them open up their building for, a, for things that are not necessarily churchy or just trying to create as many avenues for people to come Andrams. into the building as, for, as possible. Yep. And we just started talking about, we're talking about what that would look like for us because we don't believe, we don't believe in compromising what our Thursday night is. We want to hold to in-depth teaching through the scriptures on Thursday night. But what if we could then, what if there, rather than us making that to reach lost people, what if we open up our building at different times during the week where people can start to feel connected in there and then maybe slowly into that, you know? And then personally, one of the things I've felt convicted about in the last six months and, and I'm trying to do better is when someone comes to me with like some great idea for how they they feel convicted to be doing more ministry or I feel like I've been reading Crazy Love by Francis Chan and I really feel like I gotta in the past I have been really quick to go whoa, whoa, whoa hold up hold, let's let's make sure we understand biblically what we should actually be doing let's go get our masters first yeah and then yeah, maybe a PhD yeah, yeah. I am trying kind of making a commitment <laughs> to try to do better of just being like man go. that sounds awesome let's meet together and start praying about what that would look like and let's just let's just let's pray and then start talking and let's start asking and, and to be encouraging about that and to be, you know, and not just a straight. All right. You run off and do it. I mean, I still want to mm-hmm. I want to you're coming to me because I think you want some some guidance and thoughts in it. So I want to do that with you. But I don't want I, before I discourage, let's just start yeah. praying and get excited together and, and then see what the spirit might do with that and lead us towards those things. And I, that's kind of a, a personal commitment that I want to try to start making. You so. know, and that's that, that's a that's a big piece because I want to I want us to feel that as a as a staff mm. i want to feel us i feel that as, a, as an eldership and i want to feel that as a leadership that um the church like any organization the church has a tendency to just swing the pendulums back and forth so we have been really we haven't been outreach we're outreach oriented so we need to become outreach oriented mm-hmm. so they they take everything that was um their worship services and their all their programming and they make it outreach and then it, it, it mm. kind of thins the, the discipleship process and people don't know their faith as well as they should. And so they go, man, we have not been doing discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so they go, okay, now let, and they swing the pendulum right, the other right. way. And, you know, that's one, one of the things that I want to be committed to. The, the two things that jump off is that number one, before I can be asking anybody else mm-hmm. on this issue, I've got to be actively involved in my neighborhood and in my life, helping lost people come to faith and then grow in faith. So the, say those two elements, um, how do I get people to come to our college, <laughs> i.e. follow Jesus? And then how do I get people like in that process to stick around and not just quit after their freshman year? Right. Right. So how do we, how do we, so those two areas, freshmen and then um, making sure that they don't abandon the, the process. Uh, and then how do we get them to come to college? And I'm talking about me personally, before mm-hmm. I worry about what somebody else is doing, mm-hmm. I got to ask, am I personally actively involved in that? And then the second thing is, is to make sure that we don't lose sight of what we're doing well, that it doesn't have to be an either or, that it really can be a both and in this instance, that the, um, I, I'm still theologically and practically committed to training up people to do the work instead of saying, hey, come and see what we're doing. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. So there is even 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 those contexts, the events that you've all mm-hmm. described, those are not just hey come and come and sit and watch. It's no, you actively go out and we're going to help create context for these things to naturally be life on life. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're wanting. We're trying to create those avenues for our people to be involved in that. Um, and so it, it doesn't have to be we're changing our Sunday morning or we're changing something else. Yeah. And, and, and actually, there's a whole bunch of reasons why we don't do that. Right. Right. Bunch of other theological convictions that take us there. Mm-hmm. But how do we stay discipleship oriented, but then be a little more honest about Let's finish the discipleship process right. where people are actively engaging with lost people or with very immature believers instead of just having another class, and I don't mean this negatively, right. another class on pneumatology or another class on soteriology and its salvific effects on blah, 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 right? Which I'm not against those things. I'm going, but where do you have um, one oh, we have a 101 class, right. but I'm thinking that, that, that very basic I think we have a lot of deeper stuff available mm-hmm. for people because we love to do that. And how do we help the, and create a culture that says you don't have to feel like you're out of step if you're not on the same mm-hmm. playing field as a Paul Weiss or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So those are some things. Cool. Man, I hope that you hear, um, as you listen to this, I really hope that you hear our love for the commands that Jesus has given us. Um, I hope you hear, and I hope we have, ultimately, a deep desire to be honest about not just the convictions that we have where we're doing well, but even some um, genuine uh, reflection and some honest vulnerability in terms of how we can do better. People always, they love to say, hey, how are things going at the church? And my answer is always, it's going great here, it's going okay here, and it's not doing well here. I always have those three things. And may we have those three things. May we speak with a measure of grace and love. For those listening, know we love you. We'd love to continue this faith conversation with you at any time. And uh, looking forward to see what the other guys say as they kind of critique more of the what we would describe as the more attractional model. Um, so that's where we're at. Love you guys, and we will uh, see you around.